as if to make sure she exists, because obviously if there's no porn, it's not real. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games podcast. This is level 84. We don't have a title. Um, (laughs) If you're unfamiliar with this voice opening the show, this is Josh Jackson, and I am joined by the incredible, illustrious, attractive Juan Carlos. Thank you. And that's Um, just from my mailman, too. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we spent we spent the last hour complimenting each other off the show so we might as well share it with the rest of the viewing or listening audience but if you're hearing my voice and you're not used to the show opening with me chiming in it's because our lead host Shane O'Hare is out for the moment he's preparing to head over to Los Angeles for Comic-Con as well as the rest of our hosts Derek Carlos I don't know where he is but I still don't know where Carlos is yeah he, he's just, he's probably catching Pokemon somewhere. He's probably the guy who walked <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> no, but since we're the ones who are already in Southern California, we don't have to travel anywhere. So no. we made sure to take the time to be here with you, our five listeners, <laughs> to talk about all of the incredible gaming news that's hit over the last week right before Comic-Con. So this is kind of serving as our pre-Comic-Con show, even though I don't think any of the things we're going to talk about are Comic-Con related. No, it, it's... it, But it, it, but honestly, do people go to Comic-Con for comic books? I think they go for free stuff. It's the free stuff and uh, the, the parties and the signings and the movie panels, but um, I, I don't know if people are actually... Like, I don't even know if people read that many comics. Like, you know, so so they watch comic book movies, but um, I, I haven't seen too many people at my local comic book store. But anyway, it, it's, I heard it's Green Arrow good. Rebirth is good. I heard the whole Rebirth series is pretty badass. So yeah. I, I, that's I, I'm you know I'm just one of those guys that um, I want to get like the complete graphic novel collection that has like the whole story arcs in one thing. Yeah, that's how I am. I don't like tracing them from book to book. Yeah, because then I, I I hate the suspense of wait. I'm, you know, Netflix has ruined it for us because now you can watch an entire season of a sh- of a series in one sitting or over a weekend. And if I read the comic book, you know, it's like like the Thor right now. Thor is my favorite book, or and so I had to wait month to month to get just the next chapter of the story arc. I'm like, you know what? I'll wait a year, let it come out in hardcover, and then I'll buy it then. You know, then I'll, or you know, by the time I go to comic Comic Con, it's going to be there discounted for like nine dollars, and I can get it autographed. But yeah, everyone's going down. I think Shane's coming to around Tuesday. Matt is going to be here for the first time. We haven't met Matt, the longtime Geekscape uh, podcast host and writer of the St. Mort Show. He's going to be here. And the uh, Horror do- Movie Night podcast as well, yep. which is a huge success for us. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see. Derek's on his way down. Uh, jo- our illustrious leader, uh, Jonathan, is going to be there Tuesday setting up the booth. Um, I'll be going down there Wednesday morning. Um, and you're going to be joining us, hopefully, um, Thursday. Hopefully. Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I'm hoping we'd still have to iron out a couple of the details, but I'll be there one way or another. Yeah, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll hide in someone's trunk if I have to. (laughs) If uh, or just do like the Marty McFly, just grab the back of some dude's truck, you know, just kind of skateboard the whole way down to Encinitas and all the way down to San Diego. I can't think of Back to the Future without thinking of hoverboards and how those things that are out now, or I have no idea why they're called hoverboards when they're on the oh, ground yeah that makes no sense to but me <laughs> that's a completely different podcast that that that's that's just a fat people mover in my eyes because <laughs> um, at least with the skateboard you have to use your own momentum you know hoverboards you're just kind of like yeah it's, it's just kind of like standing still yeah but, no for know, sure 
but you know, if if you guys are going to be in Comic Con, um, be sure to look us up. Uh, we're going to be doing a show there. Mm, we don't know yet, but we'll give you the details on the site, and we'll probably pu- uh, probably put some stuff on the Twitter feed as well. Um, the Nintendo should be there. They're usually there. Um, uh, Microsoft was there last year. Uh, it just seems like there's a lot going on, and we have a lot of news today. Well, actually, a lot of news in terms of Pokemon. Um, some wrestling related news. We got some stuff about Injustice Two that yep. we're excited to talk about, and uh, Evo, well, some stuff with Evo in Las Vegas, and some interesting news. Uh, some notable absent fighters. But let's just go ahead and kick it off with uh, the game that's pretty much dominated the world, except for the UK. <laughs> yet Pokemon Go and Canada, uh, right? In Canada, yeah. Uh, Pokemon Go has been downloaded. 15 million times in what the nine days it's been out and it's if i'm not mistaken it surpassed porn as the most searched item on the internet right it's it, yeah that would like that story came out two days ago it is more people are using pokemon go and searching for pokemon go related news and hints and, and tips than looking up porn going to facebook going to twitter it's insane. Like five days into the app, there was a report that said it was generating more money that week than Clash of Clans and Candy Crush Saga, which is insane in itself. The fact that it's getting more searches than porn, like, I don't know if there was anything that could come out that can stop it. Like, you knew porn was going to be looked up no matter what. Shane can tell you that. Yeah. You know? And I'm interested to see his take on this. You know, but he, he that- is the porn expert. He he! Oh he'll, God! He'll, he'll spend all four days at Comic Con on the VR porn booth. And, and you guys don't know because of the show, but just so you know, for, if you wanted some background info on how we record the show, we have Skype going on and we record on ZenCaster. And an any unannounced moment, Shane will just fill our <laughs> our Skype message feed with just random uh, pictures. Well, it's it's usually when I mention an anime or game character that he's never heard of before. So his first reaction is usually to find porn of said character. As if to make sure she exists, because obviously right. if there's no porn, it's not then, real. Then it's all made up, fiction. But I, I, I'm i really interested, in, and I'm not joshing or anything like that. I, I'm being <laughs> sincere. <laughs> like... I want to know what he feels if he thinks like this is a lie. If he's like, if this is a pandemic, we should be worried about. Well, I think I might have an explanation. All right, let's go. I think that most people don't need to search for porn because they know where to find it already. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> Valid point. It's like Shane doesn't search for porn. He searches for Rule Thirty Four, and Rule Thirty Four mm. is a specific site. So maybe that's it. Maybe maybe most of the Pokemon, and I also imagine most of the Pokemon Go searches are. Pokemon Go, why is it freezing? Pokemon, True. Pokemon Go, did my poke, did my Pokemon get caught when the Pokeball froze? Why can't yeah. I log in into Pokemon Go? <laughs> I've been just trying to find out. Like, I, there's a lot of stuff with Pokemon Go. Uh, as as much as it glitches and freezes, it doesn't prevent me from still playing the game. And I know, like earlier when I was playing the beta a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago when I was talking about it, I, I was really critical about that. And now I feel like a hypocrite because now it's three weeks later. And I'm that doesn't even phase me. I'm like, oh, just I'll just restart it, you know. And today, me and my wife did a huge walk here in um, our city, and we ended up running into a Snorlax, you know. And it froze like three times, but I eventually got him, and I, I felt like a champion. And and yeah, the game will freeze. The game, I still don't understand how those footsteps work. Like if it's three paw prints or two paw prints, and we were trying to find an uh, an Arbok the other day, and we finally got it after like 25 minutes of searching. But I'm having a blast with it. 
And, yeah, like, but but it seems like people around the world who are do have access can't play the game and be safe. Yeah, I mean, there was an insane amount of stories that came out this week that were Pokemon Go related. Some of them were good. Um, seemed like most of them were involving someone getting hurt or someone <laughs> being negligent. Or I mean, it was all over the place. I mean, it was it took over politics because the news came out that Hillary Clinton was going to uh, schedule one of her campaign rallies at a Pokestop. Are you dead serious? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I mean, honestly, there were so many stories that I couldn't... Ch- I try my best not to bring up stories on this podcast that I haven't checked the validity of, but there's so many, and they're all so ridiculous that in this case, who cares? Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw that story, and from Donald Trump's official Facebook page, he posted a picture of him catching a crooked Hillary. Oh my God. With a CP of one. <laughs> And she had a whole Pokedex entry as like her her next evolution is unemployed and all this other stuff. Oh. <laughs> um, let's see, like here in L.A. and Southern California alone, there was a story of these two guys who two Marines who were walking around playing Pokemon <laughs> Go who stumbled upon a guy who was harassing some kids. So he they confronted him and ended up, I guess, doing like a citizen's arrest and calling the police. And it turned out that the guy was had an ex- outstanding warrant for, I believe, murder. Oh my god. So they caught a murderer because of Pokemon Go. Um on the flip side of that there was two other guys who jumped a fence um to a tr- uh no trespassing area and ended up Well, the news kind of distorted it a bit. They said they walked off the cliff while playing Pokemon Go. That's what I saw too. But that like the actual body of the story said that it wasn't like they were looking at their phone and then they just walked off a cliff. What happened was they were trying to find a Pokemon, so they jumped up over the fence at the no tr- on the no trespassing zone. And I guess the reason why there was no trespassing is because the ground was unstable, so the ground collapsed under their feet. There's <laughs> probably a good reason why there's a sign and a fence. Yeah, which I mean, it's not much better than walking off the cliff, but I guess the way it was represented was that they were so absorbed in the game was that they didn't see where they were walking, where in reality it was that they were so absorbed in the game that they didn't care that there was a no trespassing sign. But um, but then, then there was that other case where that little girl got hit by a car and her and her mom are blaming the game. Oh, God. Um, there was a second dead body that was found this week um, by someone playing Pokemon Go in, I believe, New Jersey. Um, a guy, he, I think it was local too, he went out to play Pokemon Go at like three in the morning and he said he approached he saw a guy standing in the park looking down so he thought he was playing too so he approached him and asked him if he was also playing pokemon and the guy was apparently crazy and he just spun around and stabbed him in the shoulder so he said that he went to the hospital and got six stitches but not before hanging around the park for a little while to catch the pokemon (laughs) he was looking for and i think they said he also stopped at a bar before (laughs) before going to the hospital Um, that dude's that dude's a friend i have not met yet oh god that reminds me of the i don't know if you ever read kurt engel's book but he said his dad was a construction worker and that his dad died when he fell off a building fell on his head and like cracked his head open but still walked to the hospital before before he was before he i guess he died after getting to the hospital but he got there on his own but i mean that's uh, and then I guess on more positive news or not necessarily positive or negative, but just a bit crazy. Um, there was incident. There were incidences yesterday or over the last couple of days in both Central Park when there was a high level Vaporeon that was found in Central Park and they got swarmed in the middle of the night by like hundreds of people. Oh, my God. And the same thing happened over the last, I think, three days ago. And again, last night, um, the Santa Monica Pier at midnight got rushed by all these people because... Around here, it's nothing but ground and fire types because we live in a desert paved, a paved over desert. Um, but the only way you can get water Pokemon is going by 
uh, bodies of water. So everyone did like a an organized group where like hundreds of people showed up at the Santa Monica Pier. And my friend who was there yesterday said that the police actually showed up and had to start like monitoring and restricting people from stepping onto the pier because it was at capacity. Oh my God. And this is at, it's not like during the day when everyone's awake. This is at midnight and beyond. We're in the middle where everyone's just rushing past business hours and everyone should be asleep. And it's on a Thursday too. Keep that in mind. So <laughs> I guess it doesn't help the, or it doesn't fight against the stereotype that some people have been throwing around that people who are playing this obsessively don't have jobs, but it could be less that they don't have jobs and more that they just don't give a shit about sleeping. If I had known about it, I would have been there because I don't have a job. So... <laughs> I'm one of the people they're talking about. But look, you need 400 Magikarp candy to evolve a Gyarados. So I don't care what time I need to get there. I'm going to make sure that I'm at the ocean. I'm actually heading there tomorrow. Are you? Uh, well, you know, it's going to be funny because uh, when uh, we're in San Diego next week, we're going to be next to the ocean. Yeah, so, I know. So I'm hoping. Oh, dude. It, I, I'm kind of I'm very worried, too, because San Diego by itself, just with Comic-Con, is just swarmed with people who don't even have passes. There, there's, there's so many events around where you can just make a whole week out of just hanging around the convention center but if there's going to be a number of pokestops there next week i I have no idea and if anybody who lives there now can tell me if there are a lot of pokestops around the convention center you know that area is just going to be swarming with con people and pokemon go players yeah it's going to be insane it's i that's why i i need to get there early because i i'm not it's it's bad enough dealing with a convention crowd but if you're going to have pokemon go players just showing up there like i'm i'm can you imagine if this was out when anime expo was going down Oh my god. That that place is already ridiculous. This is the first major convention in the United States, I should say, because uh, Star Wars Celebration is going on in London right now. But this is the first major convention with Pokemon Go is already out. And I'm very scared and excited to see how this turns out. Because I know the more people that you play with, the more chance you have of having like rare Pokemon come out. So if it means that I have to huddle up with thousands of other people for the chance of getting like a high-level Pokemon, oh. then we'll see what happens. But unless that motherfucker turns out you two <laughs> like like i i don't know I, i'm i'm very i'm very hesitantly excited speaking speaking of did you hear about what's happening with the pokemon go panel at comic-con no but i would love to hear about it um it was scheduled for thursday in a small room that held about 500 people mm-hmm. and they announced today that they're moving it to sunday in hall h Oh my god! But there's... Now, nobody quote us on this, because I, as far as I know, it's just being suggested by articles, and it's not been confirmed by the developers, but there's been heavy rumors going around that there might be a the first uh, legendary event Pokemon in Hall H while the panel's going on, which is going to create mass hysteria, because oh not everyone... God. As big as Hall H is, no, not everyone's going to be in there. Well, you know what, Hall... And you don't need to be in Hall H to access it because if you're just around the area, you should be able to hit the spot like the Pokestop if they create a Pokestop there. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I what I'm thinking, though, is that no one's going to be able to get out of the room because there's going to be people lined up, like pressed up against each other outside the room. They're oh, yeah. inside the room. If there's anybody who's like just outside of range, they're going to start trying to push their way through. If it's true, which personally, I'm kind of leaning towards it's, that it's probably not going to be and there's probably not going to be an exclusive one but just saying that like just the idea that there is i feel like with so many people there it's just kind of going to 
be like a huge disaster unless they have a way to ensure that like if it's active all day maybe mm-hmm. and not just during their panel who knows it, it's got to be an all-day thing because if they just do it do during that panel it's going to be mass hysteria i mean we've already seen people get stabbed with a pencil years ago it's like it's crazy as pokemon go is right now and they can't do that i mean if they do it's, uh, that's one place i'm gonna stay away from I, i've never been in hall h and i'm okay with that um thank goodness for you uh periscope but it's just like there are people who camp out there. Are, there are people who camp out days before Comic Con even begins just to be in part of Hall H. Yeah, so for sure. I, 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 I can do. I can do without it. I mean, and if it's there's no way that that legendary will just be available there and never be available again. You know? Yeah. So no, it'll happen again. But I feel yeah. like every time it happens, it's going to be crazy. I feel like I don't know. I feel like however they're going to handle the legendaries, I feel like they can't do it at a public place because it's going to be crazy. It's already right. crazy when it's just regular Pokemon. Right. They, they, they can't. I think that's just wishful. It's probably just going to announce the news of the, the, the application and how thankful they are that people downloaded it. They're going to give some statistics and numbers, you know, and uh, at the end, they'll thank everybody. Maybe they'll give them a poster or like, hey, everybody gets Pokecoins. You know, here's a voucher for Pokecoins to put in your Google wallet. You know, the, I could see that, you know, but I'm not going to wait in line for hours and hours for a thousand Pokemon coins yeah i might i need need those i need those egg incubators it takes too long to hatch them one at a time it really does um but no you know i wanted to add to the pokemon go thing i mean you know a lot of good has been coming from this and like earlier in the week i took my dogs for a walk and there's this really nice pass um path behind this farm here in tustin and I saw a boy on a bike and he was riding his bicycle and he was playing Pokemon music on like a, on his like little speaker. Like he was living out an actual Pokemon life. Like he was a trainer. He was going like, and he stopped and he saw my phone and he says, Oh, you're playing it. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he must've been like 11 years old, maybe you know, no older than that. And he showed off his Pokemon and uh, we were talking about teams and he was just having a day. He was a super nice kid. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm having this conversation with this 11 year old kid. In any other circumstance, this would be crazy if it wasn't inside of a classroom, you know, but and then, you know, he rides off. I'm like, damn, that's so badass. Like if you're a kid right now, your summer vacation, you and your friends just kind of like going around town, you know, just catching Pokemon. I've we've run into so many people here at night at the park in front of us playing the game and it's been such this nice social interaction with strangers. I've not yet to this moment have had a negative um you know moment playing Pokemon Go. You know, everyone kind of smiles and kind of cuz we know what we're doing. You know, even today my wife we walked to a different park about a mile up the road, some random boy just showed up and he goes, oh, Snorlax. And he's the kid who told us, you know, that's how he got mine. He walked with my wife and my daughter and our dogs all the way to the park, walked around there and we and came back to this other separate park and he departed to go back home, you know, and uh, really sweet kid. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, in what other instance will that ever happen? You know, and he felt comfortable just talking to us and we were cool with it, too. We saw plenty of other adults and, and kids playing it. To me, it's one of the, the best things that have happened. You know, I made a, um, a note of this on facebook there there's there's so much good that's come from this 15 million downloads across the countries where it's available and you know we see people who are posting it on social media and there are some others who are kind of you know making fun of adults especially adults for playing the game because it's a kid thing and to me it's like look man if if you don't care about video games that's fine you know there's plenty of people who hate video games hell a lot of people who play video games hate sports 
You know, we get it. You know, when the NBA finals were going on, we had to put up with Golden State Warrior stuff and Cleveland Cavalier stuff. We get it, but we let it go because that's what you're passionate about. But it seems to be this this double standard. Like, if you're passionate about video games, that's kiddish. That's childish. And to me, and who cares? You know, who cares? If you want to talk about Pokemon Go, then bless you. Talk about Pokemon Go. And no one should make you feel bad for talking about it. You know, it's just what we're passionate about. You know, and it just be and calling people who play Pokemon childlike that doesn't make you seem more of an adult in hind, You know, in retrospect, it, it only makes you seem more immature. You know, let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. It doesn't cause anybody harm. And somebody mentioned on my Facebook page, well, I just want you to be safe. You know, it was like, well, no, I I don't jump fences and fall off cliffs. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what about the kids? Well, what about them? Half of the people, more than half the people who are getting messed up are adults. Hell, if anything, the kids are finding dead bodies that the cops couldn't find. So they're doing social justice. You know? <laughs> no. So, so yeah, don't worry about the kids. Kids are doing just fine. They're it's just the weeding out a couple should... of dumb adults. Yeah, just some dumb adults. And look, if those are the only adults that got in, like, in trouble or got hurt out of 15 million, then there's no epidemic there's no big danger that's what just seven or eight people out of 15 million that got hurt one got hit by a car out of 15 million if we're going to worry about those kind of statistics then we shouldn't you know drive cars and it's not like it's not like those issues are unique to pokemon go it's just smartphones in general like people all i mean there's been videos about people walking into traffic videos of people walking into fountains long before oh yeah long before pokemon go was around it's just People, if it's not Pokemon Go, it'll be texting or Snapchat or Candy Crush or whatever. Absolutely. There's always going to be something. And I guess it's just one of those things where when people don't understand it, they feel like there has to be something wrong with it. Because Mm -hmm. obviously it's not just that they don't understand it and that's their issue and they can't just let let it be. Oh, speaking of people who talk about things that they don't understand, uh, here, local DJ, what's the the D-bag? Every DJ. Every Every DJ. Uh, Especially in Alaska. Oh, Carson Daly. Oh no, <laughs> Carson Daly. I, he's a DJ here for some station. I think it's like uh, uh, who cares? And <laughs> my wife was telling me at least that, it's not uh, Jungle Meshi. Oh no, no, no. Um, that he doesn't understand the point. That it's dumb, and but he doesn't know what it's about. He doesn't. He hasn't even played it. Had he downloaded it and tried it out? then I would give him some validity to his opinion. But the fact that this guy's talking about something that he's never even seen himself, but he just wants to criticize it because he says, oh, I hate when people jump on the bandwagon on on things and everybody wants to do it. Number one, okay, then you've just made it clear that you're the king of the hipsters. Number two, do you not see the hypocrisy of your statement when you're a DJ of popular music? (laughs) That's true, actually. Right. Well, and it's funny, though, like to play devil's advocate a bit, gamers within their own gaming community have kind of dealt with this for years. I mean, I remember Mm -hmm. playing Animal Crossing and being told by other gamers that I'm playing kitty shit because I wasn't jumping on whatever the fuck was on PS2 yet when Kingdom Hearts came out, which was 10 times or no, not 10 times, but about as kitty, quote unquote, as Animal Crossing. All of a sudden, that was the greatest shit ever because everyone had giant swords and was depressed. So, (laughs) um, So, I mean, it's not. 
I feel like it's amplified because this is such a phenomenon that the general public is being made aware of it. But being judged by what you play is something that's always been around even yeah. within gaming circles. Yeah, especially if you're a Nintendo person or, you know, like that's I have I still deal with some high schoolers or middle school kids who like I'll mention, oh, yeah, I play Animal Crossing or or, or I played a uh, style savvy. Like, I don't give a crap. I'll play Hello Kitty Racing. Dude, style savvy was developed by the developers who made no mercy. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, what anyone says. exactly. And they're like, why do you play? Why do you play Call of Duty? It was like, well, my masculinity is not defined by the system that I own. If uh-huh. that's the case, then my masculinity is skin deep. Besides, I bought my system. Did your mom buy yours? <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. you know, it's like I buy my own games. You know, look, I'll put it this way, man. I have my degree. I have my. I I pay my rent. I have my bills. I'm married. You know, I think that has more precedence over my manhood than what level I am in Grand Theft Auto. You know, besides, even if I did play that game, I can buy that game myself. I don't have to ask my parents permission to give me PSN <laughs> or an Xbox Live account. Okay, so so let's just cut, to, dude. I'll, I'll play anything. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. So to to me, I'm really happy to see that people on social media like are just kind of like openly embracing uh, the love they have for the app and the game. And hopefully this kind of like gets them back into gaming, which kind of takes us into uh, one of our other stories. Um, Nintendo announced just two days ago that they're bringing back the Nintendo Entertainment System, but in a different type of format. Um so did you get the, the did you see the news article I posted earlier this week about it? Yeah, it's like that standalone mini console that has 30 games preloaded onto it, right? Yeah, the kind of stuff that we see like uh, at Urban Outfitters where they have like the Sega Master System or like a, the Atari that yeah, had a bunch of games like on it. Yeah, it's essentially like a licensed plug and play. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is with those other plug and play machines, there were like three games that you would play and 27 that you would never touch like or you never even heard of but here you're getting like a legit list of quality games it's 30 games come preloaded into the system it could fit in this in the palm of your hand and the outlets um because somebody was asking me one of our geekscape uh readers asked if the old nintendo controllers would work unfortunately they don't um the only ones that would work would be anything that would plug into the bottom of your wiimote so like the wii classic uh controller or the Wii Classic Pro or you know any of the Smash Brothers controllers that have come out from PDP um or the or Hori like the Pikachu controller those would work as well so as anything any controller that that you plug into the bottom of your Wiimote to play some virtual console games or eShop games those would work for this Nintendo um or the NES Classic Edition um and they have like Super Mario Brothers 1 2 3 uh, Zelda 1 and 2 um the excite bike but there were some glaring omissions for me personally i could not understand if you're talking about nintendo games that pretty much everybody had and you played co-op contra is not on the list but they have contra they have super c the second one like i i i have to scratch my head about that i i it has to be licensing issues or something it's konami fucking with us again it absolutely it has to be because there's gradius is on there um mm. which is one of my favorite shooters of all time um because it has like this the stone head not the stonehenge but the easter island giant heads that shoot like circles at you um but i i can't understand that contra's not on it and everyone on our facebook page when we posted the story was kind of in shock too like like i, I they'd say that they're not even gonna get it because contra's not on it but is there anything else from that list that you saw like hmm that i can't believe that's not there or maybe a game that you saw on there like oh what the hell is that doing there well i was surprised by the <laughs> range of third-party games that were on it like 
Pac-Man, oh, uh, yeah. Ninja Gaiden, like stuff like that. I was expecting it mostly to be a uh, Nintendo first party affair. But I mean, with these kind of collections, it's like I don't really have too many expectations only because I know that they're usually just going to be a mishmash of whatever they can license or whatever that they have easy access to. I mm-hmm. guess the thing that I was more surprised and disappointed about than outside of the 30 individual games that were on it is that it's not going to be expanded at all, they're saying. Right, it's so. a kind of a standalone thing. But, you know, if what's you know this is going to be a like this is going to do extremely well in stores when it's released in November. Now, the question is, would you want a Super Nintendo version of this? If this is successful, there's no way that that's not the next jump. Yeah, but then the question is like what if we're going to go with 30 games, what 30 games do we put on that? And and that would be a nice discussion to have down the road cuz uh, oh man, Super Nintendo. I mean, I lo- I grew up with the NES, but if we're talking your favorite system of all time, that's got to be it. And if they released a like a Super Nintendo Classic Edition with preloaded games, oh man, cuz that that system had so many good RPGs. <sighs> Anyway, I don't want to it's, get too ahead of myself on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And it, to me, some people were saying they thought it was too expensive. But as far as I'm concerned, oh my eShop, God. E-shop it's like $5 a game. Yeah, so five times 30, 30 is 150. $150. So you're getting a control that'll work on the Wii if you wanted to use it as a classic mm-hmm. control. You're getting the mini console and you're getting the 30 games. So and, for 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. And it's it's and to me, I think that's perfect because you have so many people around my age, or, you know, that have kids that are a lot older. I mean, my daughter's barely six months, but there's some people who have like full on teenagers or, you know, people in their twenties who've never grown up with the NES or maybe people who had them when they were younger. And, you know, what happens to a lot of us, you know, our parents give it away or it breaks or we don't know where it is. So this is just a nice way to kind of bring back those memories of playing Tech Mobile, of playing Super Mario Brothers 3 and, you know, to introduce it to a new generation like Reggie fils mentioned in his press release. So I think this is a really smart idea and, you know, and hopefully this does extremely well that'll make nintendo go forward with releasing a super nintendo version of this or maybe they release a separate uh, nintendo one with 30 additional games i mean they could really do well with this i mean this is a fantastic idea um i'm surprised they didn't come out with this earlier but hell man if they came out with it now and they're doing it right so uh yeah it doesn't have contra that sucks but i think uh, i don't even know if contra is available you know what i have to double check but i don't know if contra is available on the eShop. yeah i I don't know about the wii u i think it was for the wii right contra wii on that subject contra rebirth was fantastic too yeah 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 but yeah the the original contra hmm anyway but talking about things that are loaded with stuff you brought to my attention today something that sounds really really damn good in terms of special editions this has to be one of the best special edition packages i've ever heard of for a game right the uh wwe 2k17 uh collector's edition which is being dubbed the nxt edition um basically every year they have some kind of extremely limited collection a few years ago it was a hulk hogan one last year it was steve austin this year it's going to be nxt focused so if you're unfamiliar nxt is essentially the developmental the developmental branch of WWE where they prep new guys to get ready for their style of wrestling and it's become really popular with like really hardcore wrestling fans who watch more for the I guess you could say artistry of wrestling as opposed to the convoluted storylines so uh, by focusing on that they're releasing they're bundling it with a bunch of cool bonuses that are all NXT based um here's the list I'm pulling up the list right now mm. 
So what it's going to come packaged with is obviously the WWE 2K17 video game, uh, the NXT Enhancement Pack, which is going to come with four characters, which honestly, I'm surprised that these characters aren't going to be regularly in the game. But as far as we know, they're going to be exclusive DLC to the Collector's Edition, at least at release. And they're going to consist of Shinsuke Nakamura, Nia Jax, and Apollo Crews. And you'll also get 50, uh, 50% boost in points earned during the NXT portion of My Career Mode, where you create your own character and uh, bring them up from NXT to the main roster. Then you'll also get exclusive canvas-to-canvas lithograph autograph, uh, lithograph autographed cards autographed by NXT superstar Shinsuke Nakamura. So mm-hmm. it's if you're familiar with wrestling, you've seen the artwork. I can't pronounce his last name, but Rob... Let's just say Rob S. Um, he, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to butcher his name. Not that he's ever going to hear this, but I'd rather not take the chance. But um, each one is going to be hand autographed by Shinsuke Nakamura, which is something similar that they've done in the past with Hogan and Austin, like I said. It's also going to come out with an exclusive 8-inch uh, Demon Finn Balor figure and one exclusive Topps NXT TakeOver London Matt Relic card, which is like a trading card that has a piece of the mat from... NXT TakeOver London embedded in the card, as well as the Goldberg pre-order pack that we talked about a few weeks ago. So it's easy to see that this that package is going to be completely loaded. Um, is there fact, an I'd MSRP for it yet? Uh, I don't see it here, but I think I read elsewhere that it was going to be uh, $99.99. That's a, that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, just this, this, with the Shinsuke autograph, the, the card, the extra DLC stuff, I mean... I'm surprised this wasn't selling for 150. Yeah, no, it's insane. I mean, at this point, it's safe to say that this collection is more more loaded than uh, Brock Lesnar's supplements before UFC 200. Which <laughs> is <laughs> actually funny because that news just broke like a few hours before we started recording this, and now there's there's like not nothing official, but there's murmurs around the. I guess the MMA journalist and wrestling journalist sphere that if he ends up getting uh, suspended by the las vegas um athletic commission that his cover his uh, wwe 2k17 cover might be pulled because they obviously don't want to be promoting six months from now a guy who's banned from professional fighting for two years because he was doping i mean there's a lot obviously there's a lot more information that still needs to come to light before any of those decisions are going to come close to being made but it is being whispered about here and there if if worst case scenario for Brock and WWE comes true. Ugh. But it, I mean, it's interesting to see how, aside from that great news of the collector's edition, mm. it'll be interesting to see how the game moves forward it, or if it moves forward any different at all, depending on how all of this turns out. I, I think this is going to be one. I, I bought last year's game. I really liked it, but I didn't buy a special edition because, you know, it just didn't really catch my attention. But this one, uh, I really do love Shinsuke Nakamura, man. At, and that Balor figure looks sick. And for $99, I think those well, those 8-inch figures go for like 20 bucks by themselves at least. So you're yeah. thinking $60 for the game, an extra $20 for the figure. The WWE when you go to the live events they sell the autographs for 20 bucks like for Roman Reigns, Cena. So they they're fairly priced. I got so Ro- let's just I got say 20 Cena's bucks for free. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was at SummerSlam the year that Daniel Bryan beat Cena clean and we were sitting next to these two like giant Cena marks. And I kind of felt bad because the guy, his wife was really excited to see Cena. So he went to go get her an autographed picture. And when Bryan beat him and everyone was jumping up and down the arena, they just quietly walked off. And then when we were leaving, I noticed that they left the autographed picture on the ground. So I just took it home. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were long gone. In my defense, they were long gone. So it wasn't like I could track okay, them yeah. down and give it, it to them. It wasn't like you saw, you still saw the back of there. You could have called them back, but it's like, no, no. Yeah. So. Um, 
What was I going to tell you? Uh, yeah, so it was like 20 bucks for the autograph, 20 bucks for the figure, 60 bucks. That's already $100, so you're going to get all that extra, the 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 the, the relic card, the, the extra characters. It's an absolute bargain. So, I yeah, I've, as soon as this becomes available for pre-order, hell, I'm going to go do that today. I, I still got some credit for GameStop, so I might just do that tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, um, if anything, if anything, it just goes to show that Apollo Crews really was called up way too early because even 2K expected him to still be in NXT. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you which competition in Las Vegas will not have any kind of doping ah, allegations, and that's ah, Evo way. 2016. Yeah, um, kicked off today. Um, I made it. Pretty, this is pretty much like where I stay uh, a hermit for the next three days, uh, and I, and it's sad because I really do love Evo, uh, and I will return one day. I, it's one of those things that you need to be there in person. It's great to spend the day with your friends and having a watch party on Twitch, but being there live and getting in some friendlies is another thing. It's it's the closest thing to a religious event without going to church that you'll ever experience. And <laughs> but one of the things that really caught my attention, and it just it was announced earlier today, when you're talking about uh, Smash Brothers Melee and Smash Four, you have something called the Five Gods. Like the five top players that they may not win every single tournament, but they're going to place like in the top four. Uh, Mewtwo King, one of the most prolific Smash players back in the early 2000s when the Smash team was barely taken off. He's not at Evo this year. He dropped out. It's it's to put it in wrestling terms, it's like saying if you're taking Cena decides to drop out or, you know, Seth Rollins or, you know, Dean Ambrose or Chris Jericho. <laughs> Thank like God the, you danced danced around the name I was expecting you to say. No, no, <laughs> Sorry. no, no. I w- yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, you know, guys who can actually go um, <laughs> and can put two sentences together without stumbling. Uh, but it's it, it's shocking to me. But you know, Mewtwo King, we did suspect something was up because back at CEO, people were making um, observations that he took top. Uh, he won Smash Four doubles with Hungrybox, and who's one of the. You know, the five gods, and he didn't perform all that well in the Smash 4 tournament um, at CEO. And he, we saw this again in um, Get On My Level up in Canada, where he lost to a melee to a Captain Falcon. He now get this, he has never lost a tournament match to a Captain Falcon player, and it happened back about a month and a half ago in Canada. And we saw his play deteriorate in CEO, so people are. are thinking that something maybe is going on with Mewtwo King, either health-wise or personal. Something obviously has him distracted from his gameplay, and which may have... And now, this is just all speculation, of course. I'm not saying I know. But when you see a guy who is so good um, not perform as well, and not to take any away from the people who beat him, um, but you know, it just seemed like he wasn't playing at the level that we're seeing him play at. And for him to say that he's... And he hasn't released any statement why he's not going to EVO... um, but you know it it does raise an eyebrow and for my sake and i know for for a lot of people who who love him i i hope that it's nothing serious that whatever it is that he's going through that he has to take care of that it's something that he could easily take care of and hopefully we can see him back um later this year but it's a big loss to the fans um but if uh, you know uh, health comes first your you know, family comes first so um uh, king hope everything works out take care of yourself and Hopefully we'll see you next year at Evo, but hopefully we'll see you sooner than that. Yeah, but, no, um, all the best to Mewtwo King. That's really unfortunate to hear. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because he's he's one of those guys that you just love seeing. Like you, you can't hate the guy. 
You know, he could wreck you 4-0 in, in melee, but it's like, ah, it's Mewtwo King. Who cares? I mean, there's some people in that scene like Marvel's Capcom and even Street Fighter that, you know, that just seem like big jerks. But, you know, and there are some people in the Smash scene that do have that kind of aura around them, too. But Mewtwo King's not one of those guys. So, it's, in other words, he's not a bad guy and he's not ah, a good guy. Yeah. He's... <laughs> so, back to your wrestling analogy, would that make Roman Reigns be like the equivalent to Lupe Fiasco yes. in the fighting game? community yes like he's just there for show and he's portrayed as being better than everyone else even though he's not and everybody knows it yes absolutely okay Okay, just wanted to check but that wasn't the only fighting game news because to circle it back around to pokemon they just announced too that Darkrai is being added to the pokemon tournament roster in japanese arcades so did you see the size of him yeah that's crazy it's it's hard to believe like when you go into the pokedex on the main games when you compare them to trainer size a lot of them are a lot bigger and a lot smaller than you would expect yeah like Darkrai is huge Mm -hmm. yeah and like his fighting style looks ridiculously vicious yeah oh it it should be which is but and it's funny too because in the animated movie he was portrayed as like this really nice somewhat misunderstood character but (laughs) you know he's designed to have the emo flip over one eye and (laughs) he's completely dark and he's the nightmare pokemon and all this stuff so I guess it comes with the territory. It's all, it's like the conversation I always have with my wife where I'm like, I, I can't hate. I'll read Green Lantern comics and I can't hate Sinestro because, I mean, fuck, he was born yeah. red. He was born with the name Sinestro. What the fuck is supposed to happen? <laughs> He's predestined to be a dick. <laughs> I mean, when you're born with the last name Doom, is it any surprise when he becomes a fucking evil doctor? Blame his parents. Right? <laughs> set, him, set him up. You can't, be a, you can't be working at a nursery when your name's Sinestro Doom. <laughs> like fuck like your job options are limited at that point yeah it's like you know you got guys like dr doom and sinestra like what the fuck are they supposed to do it's like the Skeletor. same with dark Rai. <laughs> yeah. he's he's the he, at the time he was the only if i remember correctly at the time he was the only pure dark type legendary mm-hmm. i think he still might be i wanted to be he, an assistant manager at an applebee's in tupelo <laughs> mississippi but now i have to do this yeah but now i have to now i have to put children into infinite infinite nightmares until trainers are able to wake them up (laughs) he probably wanted to spend his life doing like victorian doll shows and you know sort of like just like crocheting macrame no probably still does that's probably what that new (laughs) ghost pokemon is did you see the new pokemon release this week yes there was that one there was that one that looks like those cotton ball ghosts that you make where you tie a (laughs) napkin around a cotton ball and draw a face on it but like the face looks like a pikachu but you you, the you know those moments where you laugh at a joke and then you find out that it's serious and then you feel like a complete ass for laughing in the first place right that one pokemon that people jumped on mimiku i think is the name where there was like oh it's just a knockoff pikachu the man the designers are lazy then you find out it's like a pokemon that disguises himself as pikachu because he wants to be loved as pikachu and, and <laughs> you're like oh terrible. god i'm yeah it's 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 the most heartbreaking. You thought Cubone's story was bad? This is like bad on another kind of realm. You know, like it's just it feels completely neglected and unloved and it wants to be somebody else so people would love it. And now the internet went ablaze like, no, I want to see what it really looks like. Uh, I will love you. I'm sorry. Maybe he goes like, no, fuck you. You, you hate you. Oh, I already now. got your hate. This is what you get. No, it's like, I don't know. It's Pokemon's weird like that, though. At least it's not like Gorbis where it was like a pink pokemon that looks really cute and then its pokedex said that it freezes its prey and then sucks out their insides with its small mouth (laughs) it's like the pokedex has some morbid stuff yeah or like drifloon carries children away and never never to be seen again (laughs) 
Um, there's a lot of weird ones. How <laughs> so you, it's Candlejack. As people like people talk shit about Generation Five and your your trash bag Pokemon and all that bullcrap, but no one ever talks about Yamask, who is like it was. Yep, Yamask actually proved that Pokemon can be former humans. Like he's a ghost type who carries around a ma- like a a mask with a human face on it, and it says that they're ghosts of dead humans who carry around an image of their face so they could stare at it at night and cry about their lost lives. <laughs> Whoever designed that Pokemon needs to be identified and given help, at least yeah. a, f- a beer. Cause, cause it's like that, that hat, you know, the person who wrote that game is coming from a dark place. That's <laughs> like, ridiculous. This, this Pokemon uh, used to have kids and a wife, but not anymore for reasons we cannot mention. Cause this is a rated PG game. <laughs> yeah. And then like, he tries to visit his kids, and then his kids <laughs> capture him in a little ball and make him fight other dead parents. It's sometimes new dads. <laughs> um, oh, man, there's so much stuff. To, there's so much Pokemon news this week. But, I mean, aside from all the Pokemon stuff, you know, Pokemon's well and good. But the biggest story aside from Pokemon Go this week, in my opinion, had to be the announcement of the next Overwatch update. Yeah, um, we're getting a new character. Uh, support Sniper, mm-hmm. which is actually really interesting because... I don't play a lot of, this is actually my first MOBA and I don't play, you know, online games a whole lot, but I've been really into Overwatch lately and I've never seen a support sniper before. I don't think I have either. So for those who don't know or haven't watched the trailers or anything yet, essentially um, the way she's going to play is when she shoots teammates, she heals them, which is great for me because I won't get penalized for shooting partners like I have in other (laughs) games. And if you shoot opponents, it does damage. And on top of that, for like more close range encounters, she has a tranquilizer that'll put uh, um, enemies to sleep until they're shot. And since she's a sniper, she can shoot them point blank in the head while they're asleep and completely shut them down. Um, It's a really interesting take on the character class and making her perform the way that she does. I'm really excited to see how she's going to affect the game. Because the only other support characters that Mercy, I guess, would you know be the more popular one. But the thing is, you have to be like right next to the player around their general vicinity. Right. But the idea that you could be camped somewhere and like helping your teammates by shoot, pretty much shooting them with health or shields or what have you. I don't think I can't think of another game that's ever done something like that. Yeah. And this would obviously be up Shane's alley more since he's you know, way more into competitive shooters in general than we are. And I'm just familiar with Overwatch for the most part, but it's a really exciting change, but not just that, but like her role in the story where Anna, it was speculated for a while that the first character was going to be the sniper character that was in a lot of the images as far as like the Overwatch group before they broke apart. Like if you're familiar with the game story and lore, how they used to be this essentially almost like the Avengers, like people from heroes from around the world who would come together to stop global threats and they were broken apart eventually. And no, they never explained what happened to that character who was in a lot of the pictures. But as speculated, she's Farrah's mother. Um, Blizzard actually confirmed on Facebook and I I heard that they deleted it. But I last time I checked, it was still there. But they confirmed a fan's theory that Soldier 76 and her are Farrah's parents, which it wasn't, oh. it wasn't ever said that because the, the, a fan had speculated since Soldier is the only one who um, how sometimes they'll have like pre-match banter. And he's the only one when he's paired with Farrah in a match would have conversations about her mother and how they both in the in the trailer. She says, I have you. I've got you in my sights, which is what he says when he activates his ultimate. Um, someone like put all that together and straight flat out asked them is Soldier her dad. 
and Blizzard said yes, and last I heard they deleted it, but no. <laughs> they've essentially confirmed that aspect of the story. But, you know, aside from Anna, though, the thing I'm most excited about is all the buffs Diva's getting. Oh, I just saw that list. That's it, Her cooldown went down to one second. Yeah, and not only that, but her, um, her shield is going to work completely different now from before. Because as of now, it has a 10 second cooldown. It stays up for about four seconds, and then you're kind of a sitting duck after that. Mm-hmm. But the way it's going to work now, it only has a one second cooldown, but it also is being switched to like a secondary fire type option instead of just a special ability. And it's tied to like a gauge, so it can only be up for a certain amount of time before that gauge uh, needs to refill. So that determines how long it can stay up. But you can essentially turn it off and on at will as long as there's any meter left so that you can continuously block shots instead of being like I said, a sitting duck for 10 seconds as it is now. But um, that's probably the biggest fundamental change. But personally, my favorite part is saying that her ultimate is going to detonate a second sooner and she's no longer going to kill herself with it because that was the dumbest fucking thing to me. (laughs) Like, I've killed myself more than I killed other people with that stupid ultimate. Likewise. And like, even when I got better at the game and I knew like to run away and to boost the mech forward so I didn't have to so that I could both surprise the enemy, give them less time to run away, and give myself more time to run away. But even when I would do that, some roadhog would always hook me and pull me into him. <laughs> or some other bullcrap. Or I'd be hiding behind the payload, and for some reason it killed me anyway. So, and why it hurts her, to me, it was always just so stupid. Because the point of the ultimate, I would think, is to give her an advantage over the team. Especially since it's so hard to come by. Which is another thing they're boosting. They're making the they're making the charge time for her ultimate shorter. But... Um, like it takes forever as it stands right now. It takes forever to get her ultimate. She can kill herself with it. Enemies avoid it really easy. There's actually a YouTube video where Reinhardt's hiding behind a pole that's like a quarter of his size and it still protects him because as long <laughs> as there's anything in front of you, it won't hurt you. So I'm, she's getting some much needed buffs. Um, I had said even before Overwatch came out that I was just so in love with her character that I was like, I'm going to pick her and I don't care what happens if she sucks and I suck with her. I'm going to pick her anyway. And I'm sorry to the teams that I screw over because of that. And fortunately, I've been pretty good with her. Personally, I feel like I've been doing really well, but any improvement she can get is welcome. So, but not just that Mercy got a few buffs where she's going to do more her damage increase or her, um, yeah, her damage increase support ability is going to gain is going to go up from i think 30 percent to 50 percent boost on the person she's boosting she'll be able to move while doing her ultimate now whereas in the current version she's kind of stays in one place when she revives people um there was a couple of other mentions and there's a there's a few other um adjustments here and there mostly to people's ultimate charge times i think the other biggest takeaway was that you're also going to be able to charge up your ultimate with self-healing and now so like if a bastion is healing himself he'll get ultimate meter for that or a soldier or if soldier 76 is using his stim pack ability he'll like he'll get ultimate for that but to compensate for it i think i don't know about soldier i know for sure bastion's charge time for his ultimate's going to become longer so it's like you know it's like with most online games that they expect to have a long lives it's just adjustments here and there trying to find the perfect balance and i'm sure there'll be a billion things after this patch that people will <laughs> yeah. say need to be changed but for the most part i feel like this is a step in the right direction especially for me because i'm a diva player and i don't give a shit well, to me, it's like, if you like a character, you stick to that character. You have to remain loyal. Don't just ditch it. It's, for me, it's like fighting games. Like, if you play with Princess Peach, you stick with Peach, man. Especially with that, with, like, from Melee to Smash 4, the like, people don't like how Fox plays or Falco plays. Screw it, man. You stay loyal to that character. You figure it out. Yep. I've been playing as Chun-Li since Street Fighter 2, so. I've been a Ryu player. 
not a good one, but <laughs> but <laughs> but now that you know Karin came back, so now I have to be loyal to her. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to King of Fighters because I've been oh, playing yes. Athena. I've been playing Athena since ninety five, since King of Fighters ninety five, and still overall, I think she might actually be my best fighting game character across any game. So I'm really looking forward to being able to use her again. I, one more month, and then we get it. Yep, looking forward uh, to it. Let's see. So we're going to about the hour mark now. Um, I'll be honest. In terms of the games we've been playing, it's just been nothing but Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's been Pokemon Go, but I've been playing a few other things as well. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about for Pokemon Go, or? And I think um, no, I think just I've I've talked about it already. I, I just really love the social interaction that this has provided for me and for countless other people. My wife, for the love of God, is uh, she's caught but she caught a okay she caught a Magmar today and a Graveler. Like she's getting some high level stuff. I hatched two eggs. I got a Rattata and a Pidgey, and. <laughs> uh, I don't, and she mocks me for it. And now, um, I think the one thing we didn't mention is our teams because I started off with Team Valor uh, because uh, Instinct. I still don't understand what they're really about. And uh, Team Mystic, uh, I, I was leaning towards that, but Valor, I felt, what would Goku pick? Yeah, so I I went with uh, Team Valor. My wife uh, went with Team Mystic, and so there's a gym here at our uh, where we live, and it's constantly being battled over mystic and valor right now valor has it and i put some pokemon there so i can get some my uh my uh defense bonuses but every day she comes home from work i caught this i caught that and i'm bragging that i caught a sandshrew you know, hey man sandshrew was the shit in red and blue i love him but you know when she's rocking like she came like the second day she already caught a jigglypuff and i i i had a I, I've, she's caught a Charmander, or she has like three Charmanders. I have yet to catch one. I've seen it twice. It's run away. It's run away from me at two times. I've given that. It's it's to the point where I'm kind of like thinking, is my wife low key Pokemon master? I hate when it's a really weak Pokemon and it keeps breaking out and then runs away. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, you want to talk? You want to tell that to my CP10 Onyx? oh man uh i've had so many bad experiences with the game i mean i'm having a ton of fun with it but it's also kind of wrecked my life a little bit this past week Mm. and my wife's gonna hate me if she knows that i said this but she also doesn't listen to this show so i think it's safe for me to talk (laughs) about it but this whole week i've just been super busy because not only do i have like big school tests and stuff which we were talking about before the show a little bit but like she had sprint and an old iPhone. So those two combined made it so that it hardly ever worked. And then when it did work, it would freeze and then she'd have to load it up and take forever again. So she got frustrated and threw it on the pavement, uh, like on our stairs. Oh my gosh. And then it was, her phone is still working then. But then when she got in the house, she kind of just threw it on the couch, not violently, just lightly. But I'm, what I can tell, from what I can tell, I think that the uh, throwing it on the stairs is what did it, but then throwing it on the couch is kind of finished the job, even though the couch was soft and light. So her screen turned off and it wouldn't turn back on, even oh. though the phone itself was still working. So I've spent the whole week, since she since I'm unemployed and she's not, I've spent the whole week running around town trying to get her phone fixed and trying to help her get it. So long story short, it wasn't worth it to fix. So she went out and bought a new phone today. Oh, God. Just to play Pokemon Go. She downloaded Pokemon Go before the transaction was finished to finalize her phone purchase and new contract. So, I can't just imagine the business phone companies are making this last week just because people needed an upgrade to play the game. It's ridiculous. But, like, I talked a little bit about how it was freezing a lot. Um, my opinions of the game haven't changed a whole lot from my write-up. Not to say it's not fun. Like, I, I, my article was taken by Jonathan and a few others as being negative. And I, when I wrote it, I didn't feel it was negative. I actually specifically said that it was better than I expected, but I also didn't expect much. But 
I still just kind of look at it as, you know, an easy to pick up and play little mobile game, but nothing, nothing that's like full of depth or anything. So I'm not, I'm also not going to be like super serious about it. So when it crashes on me, it's not, I'll just be like, well, you know, whatever. But that's not to say that I haven't gotten a ton of use out of it. My biggest complaint in my article is you couldn't turn off the music, which in the final version, thank God you can. Yes. So it's been much, much more enjoyable. Um, I've, I go on walks almost like 10K walks almost every day. So I get to hatch a bunch of eggs, except again, like in my article, the trail that I walk up loses reception. So none of my steps are counted <laughs> once I'm in that zone. So I should be able to catch one 10K egg every walk, but I end up maybe getting seven or 8K um, by the time I get home because of that zone where I'm just not getting anything. And as anyone can tell you, there's login problems. There's times where you get booted. There's freezes. There's times where Pokemon you'll catch a Pokemon or you think you'll catch them, then it freezes. And when you go back, it turns out you didn't catch it and they ran away. So, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of frustration and frustrating aspects, but at the same time, there's 15 million people trying to play it at once. And it's obviously going to stress any server at that rate, especially when it just came out and they're still not a hundred percent sure what it could handle. So at the same time, I'm not getting too upset because of its, because of its issues, because it's obviously a work in progress and they, there's no way they could have anticipated the reception to be what it was going to be. So mm-hmm. with all of that said, there's a park by my house that spawns infinite Dratini. So I'm going to hang out there and get a Dragonite by the end of the weekend. <laughs> and I'm also going to head to the beach and hopefully get a Gyarados. So that's those are my plans. But aside from the Pokemon Go stuff, I've played... More Fairy Fencer F, which I hold to what I said last week, that the end gets kind of boring because you're playing the same content over and over, uh, over again since you go back in time and have to essentially play the whole game twice. But part of it's my fault because I was playing it on hard and I because I wanted the hard mode trophy. Mm. So this week I, be- I beat the game early this week, got my hard mode trophy, but created a second file and went back to put it on normal to unlock a secret character that I really couldn't do without hours more hours of grinding on hard. So I went back on a second file, put it on normal, unlocked that last character, and it was so much more enjoyable on normal. So don't punish yourself if anyone (laughs) out there... I should have a review out before Comic-Con, but if you play the game, unless you're stupid like me and hunt imaginary (laughs) trophies that do nothing for you, don't put it on hard. It's not worth it. It makes it a lot less fun. All it does is make it so you have to grind an extra five hours because every there's no increase in difficulty because of the AI getting better or having better attacks. It's just because they have higher defense and you have lower attack. That's it. And the only way you can compensate on it uh, towards it is by leveling up more. So that's a big reason why I was having a bad time with it last week. Despite, yes, it's still kind of boring that you're replaying so much stuff, but it's a lot less boring when your progress isn't stalled because you're stupid and want a trophy. <laughs> so... I'm hoping there's two alternate paths that the path that I played was the original path that was also in the PS3 version. There's two alternate paths and alternate endings that are exclusive to this PS4 remaster or whatever you want to call it. Kind of remaster, kind of expansion. So I want to try to get through those before the review. I'm not sure if I'll have time before Comic-Con, but either way, impressions should be up before the convention for the other weebs out there who play this stuff. And then speaking of weebs, my wife last week at Anime Expo saw a copy of Dead or Alive Extreme uh, 3, and she likes those games more than I do. And so she found it cheaper on Amazon, and that copy came in the mail last week. So I played a lot of that. And it's hard to explain if you haven't played the Xbox or Xbox 360 versions. Did you ever play either one of them? Oh, yeah. So it's essentially the same game, except... Dead or Alive Extreme 2 was a 30 frame, it was like 30 frames per second, which was like less than the Xbox version, the original, which I don't usually care about frame rate too much, but it was jarring when 
the Xbox had 60 frames per second and the 360 had 30. And on top of that, the minigame sucked. It was glitchy, like the volleyball would fly into the air and never come down. Like part two is just a mess. I don't know what went wrong with that. But this game, from a gameplay standpoint, is far and away above both of the originals, where in this game, you're kind of playing as two characters. You're playing as the girl that you pick, which is almost exactly the same as the previous games where there's mini games you can play the volleyball is the core part of it your main goal is within 14 days of gameplay you befriend other girls buy items to collect try to get items that are exclusive to your character on other girls which they'll carry over on their playthroughs if you pick them and basically it's just a big collect-a-thon where a variety of mini you have to play a variety of mini games to get the money but the mini games this time around are a lot more fun to play than like some of the stupid ones like the water slide and stuff from the second game and like the the casino still rigged as shit so that's frustrating but the thing that makes this one really interesting is like i said you're kind of playing as two characters so you're playing as the girl and you're also playing as yourself. So like the they didn't have much story to begin with, but this one has even less story than the previous two. So basically the premise is that Zack has rebuilt Zack Island for the third time, but he can't be there. So he hires you, like you, the player, to run the island in his like in his stead. Mm-hmm. So you have missions that come up that'll say like the girl will say, oh, I want to play two games of volleyball. And then you have a own, and they call it an owner's mission because you're like the co-owner of the island. And so you have to do those missions to earn um, a separate satisfaction stat that the girl will have towards you personally on top of the affection stats she has for the other girls on the island. And like the previous games, you have to do multiple playthroughs to be able to get everything and to max out their affection as the, uh, towards the owner. And one of the things that's more interesting but more frustrating, too, is that the owner has separate money from the girl. Huh. And the, there's and there's exclusive items. There's exclusive items that only the owner can buy. Um, but the owner's money is only... The owner can only earn money by completing those missions. And a lot of the times, those missions don't give you, don't give you very much. And you, you do get a big bonus if you finish the... Now they rank you at the end of the 14 days to see how well you did and they give you bonus money whereas before it just ended so those are the only ways to get money and the girls are seem a hell of a lot more picky this time around so they're (laughs) reject it's really hard to come by money and they're rejecting my gifts left and right it's kind of like real life or at least it would be if i wasn't married i should say um but um yeah the it's really frustrating it's really hard to come by money and the reason why it's hard to come by money is that there's actually two ways for the owner to buy those exclusive items. By using the money that you earn in the game, which I said takes forever, or out of the goodness of Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja's heart, you can save yourself the time and buy golden tickets with real money through the PlayStation Store Ah. and exchange those for those items that they'll probably still reject, which would make it even worse (laughs) because you're paying real money for it. Uh, It's more like real life. Yeah, exactly. So, And I just noticed this right before recording, but they removed the accessories. There's no flowers to put in your hair. There's no uh, sunglasses or hats. It's just strictly swimsuits and like hairstyle changes. So that kind of sucks. My favorite thing was putting flowers in my hair. (laughs) I mean, I've played that game feeling like I could finally realize why my wife would spend an hour in front of the mirror because you want to make sure you look fucking great. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to walk out of those doors looking like a hag. Yeah, and I I mean, I don't give a shit if there's just like a tiny piece of cloth covering my nipples. I at least want to have the right flower (laughs) in my hair to distract everyone from the fact that I'm practically nude. So, but I mean, it's... From a gameplay standpoint, it's way better. From a feature standpoint and a progression standpoint, it's not as good, but overall, I would say that it's slight just because of the sheer amount of content and activities. There's a, 
I would say that it's probably the best one in the series. It's unfortunate that it's not getting an official Western release, mm. but the Chinese version, I think it's Chinese, or just like Asian. Not Japanese, but Asian, something weird like that. <laughs> the non-American um, version. There's like a Japanese version and then an Asian version, I think is what it is, which is weird. But <laughs> this Asian version is like has a full English translation, and it's not like shitty English either. It's like fully, it's well translated, So, oh. which makes it even weirder that it's not coming out here. It literally wouldn't take them any effort. But, I mean, they've said why, and I don't want to get into it too much. But, <laughs> oh yeah, one more thing. Marie Rose, I don't know what your problem is, but one of the missions was to give him a skincare product. And that's something new for the game, and I still know, no, don't know what it does. But there's hardening oils and softening oils. But there's like lotions, oils, liquids. There's like six different kinds. And Marie Rose rejected my lotion, which looked like a bottle with giant boobs. So then I was like, maybe I should buy the one with the giant butt. So I gave her the one with the giant butt, which was an oil, and she still rejected that. So I'm like, what the hell? Then I move on and buy the, can't even remember what it was called, like the the liquid, which is also coming out of an ass. And she said she loved that one. So I'm like, what the fuck's the different? They're both ass bottles. They both supposed to do the same thing. What's your problem? Why are you so picky? We should ask Shane that question. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he would know. I'm, I'm telling you, man, whenever I have questions of the heart like that, there's only one man I go to. It's like, why reject one ass bottle but not the next? What's the difference? Next week's show is going to be fantastic. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, guys, next week we're going to be in, uh, like we mentioned, we're going to be at Comic-Con. Uh, we would absolutely love to meet all five of you. <laughs> so if you have, if you're down there, uh, make sure you stop by the booth. Um, just look for any one of us. We'll have the Geekscape shirts on. We'll be next to the. Uh, I think what's the what's that giant booth that we're next to? Legendary, the legendary booth. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, and the Yu-Gi-Oh booth, and we're directly next to the Rick and Morty guys too. Oh, great. Yeah. So hopefully that, we can leech off of some of their thousands of people that are going <laughs> to Yes, please. Um, Keep in mind in though. Terms of the, Keep in mind, though, you're actually incorrect in the sense that I will not be wearing a Geekscape shirt because my loyalties lie with Planeptune, so I'll probably be wearing ah, Neptune yeah. shirts all weekend. So any one of those two shirts, we're probably part of the Geekscape Games podcast. And it's uh, the worst part is I only have two of those shirts, so I'm reusing a couple of them for a couple of days. Uh, in terms of the mission uh, objective of the week, we've been seeing some really odd places where people have been catching Pokemon, but, uh, you know... So I would like to know what have been your odd experiences playing Pokemon Go, if any, if you've uh, met any people. I've heard stories where people are hooking up through Pokemon Go. Have you heard about that? I heard a little bit about it. There was also that one story that's been the internet controversy of the week where the one author said that she didn't want to be approached by people. Oh, I read that one. And yeah, yeah, that's one another one of those things that I don't want to be approached by people, but I want tons of people to read my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of I read it more as I don't want to interact with people while playing the social game. And I'll frame it in a way that makes it sound like everybody who plays this is a is a creep who wants to yeah. rape me. <laughs> Get over yourself. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, I think this is going to be, it, it seemed like a regular length show, but it, sh- it seems short for some. Yeah. I think it's just because we don't have to feel, we don't have to like sift through porn while we're trying to focus on what we're saying. Mm, good point. But, uh, it, um, as far as our mission objective, I have a real easy answer to that one. I found a, it's nothing like too crazy or anything, but I found mm-hmm. a Vulpix in the ocean. I'm pretty sure it should have been dead. Jesus. I don't know. There was also a, there was also a, uh, Diglett in the same ocean. I was like, how do you how do you physically have burrowed ground around you on the water 
And yeah, Vulpix that... should have been dead because I'm pretty sure that even though Charmander is the only one that dies when its tail goes out, I'm pretty sure that a submerged fire Pokemon wouldn't live too long. A submerged, a submerged person wouldn't live too long. So I think I, that I, that question, the answer to that question lies in the same vein as why doesn't somebody accept cream that comes from a bottle that looks like boobs? Yeah, I mean, you think one boob bottle is the same <laughs> as the next, but for some reason one was better than the other, and I have no idea why. Mm. That was level 84. <laughs> <laughs> the Geeks and Games podcast. Uh, we'll be in again. We'll we'll be in San Diego next week. It's going to be our, our live show. We get to do this so rarely. It's, it's so special, not just because it's Comic Con, but this is the first and only time of the year where we actually record a show where we're all in the same room. Not only that, but you should feel especially lucky considering that none of us have been arrested between last year and now. <laughs> that, that makes it extra special. But uh, we still have a week before that happens, so anything can go down between now and next week on Friday. Yeah, one of us might walk off a cliff. Two to one odds, it's going to be Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, that's our show. We'll see you next week in San Diego. Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>